Hi, and welcome back to the Leading Language and Literature podcast with me, Chris Jordan. This week, I'm talking to Kate Beattie. Kate is a former head of department in English and now spends her time communicating with people around the world as an MYP English language and literature consultant. Having recently made the move into an IB World School that teaches the MYP, I was really keen to ask someone like Kate a number of burning questions regarding planning a sequence curriculum. Thankfully, she offered lots of clarification and excellent ideas throughout the chat. We discussed the best book she's ever read, taught or been taught, her experience in international teaching and why she made the move into consultancy, how the MYP is a different opportunity for those more used to a British curriculum, where the MYP fits into recent discussions regarding a knowledge-rich curriculum, effective strategies to implement inquiry within the English classroom, how coordinators or teachers can accommodate the need to teach literary analysis, which is something of a niche pursuit given the MYP's prioritisation of global contexts, Kate's advice on how to build ATLs into the planning of a unit or make them more meaningful to students, and finally, examples of units that she's taught or seen the best encapsulate the mission of IB and support English learning in equal measure. Thanks again to Kate for guiding me and anyone else who cares to listen in the ways of the MYP. If you'd like to be made aware of when more education chat like this happens, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast and or follow me on Twitter at ChrisJordanHK. Uh, okay, Kate, uh, what's the best book you've ever read, taught, or been taught uh, in school? Great question to start with, <laughs> um, Chris. <laughs> well, I, I'll start with myself. Um, I am a prolific reader, so I would find that question a very difficult one to answer from my own perspective. But I will mention a couple of books, maybe three books that I have recently read that um, could be interesting um, for IB teachers. Um, Girl, Woman, Other won um, the Booker Prize along with um, Margaret Atwood's The Testaments. I think that this novel um, is very interesting because of the different perspectives of identity and culture um, and even um, looking at black female identity in modern day Britain. I have that one earmarked, um, possibly for the diploma program rather than MYP program. And at the moment I'm reading a children's Bible by Lydia Millet. I think this is a very interesting short novel that potentially could be included in an MYP year four to five um, unit. I've yet um, to finish reading it. But thinking about um, books that I've taught um, or novels that I've taught that had a big impact on my students, uh, a few years ago, we had a personal essay memoir unit um, in which we included The Glass Castle by Jeanette Walls. And um, this was a year five unit, and it was truly amazing the impact it had on all of my students, um, even those who I had difficulty getting to read. And I think the reason for this was that this um, 
This memoir focuses on childhood um, and a childhood that the girl couldn't control and because of the choices of her parents. Um, not so dissimilar to Educated that mm. has had quite a lot of popularity recently. So three ideas there. Mm, lovely ideas. Thank you. Um, can you give us um, a bit of uh, background to your experience in international teaching, Kate, and why you then made the move into consultancy? Yeah, well, I did start and end 32 school years. Mm. Um, quite amazing, really, um, how long I was a teacher. I did. Um, I trained in the UK, um, in London west of London, and then I did two years in Watford. Um, and I followed my heart to Germany. My husband um, got a job in Dusseldorf, and I became a military teacher. Uh, worked there, uh, and then back to the UK. I, In the middle years there, I was very busy. I had four children in five years in the 90s. And uh, I did primary retraining at that point, and that has been very useful for me over the years because I have a view across um, the continuum of IB programs that that began um, from that primary retraining and my own children, four of them went through all three IB programs. Mm. So then it was back to Germany again, to Munich. I worked in the European school um, system in Munich, Germany, and came around 20 years ago to the IB. And uh, I was head of a very large English department um, in an international school in the south of Germany. And we, during those years, we implemented and piloted the next chapter of the MYP program. So that brought me to workshop leading and um, using my experience to train other teachers. And I found that I absolutely loved those interactions with IB teachers at different stages in their careers, um, coming from different, at that time it was within our Africa, Europe, Middle East region. Um, and from there, my children finished school. Um, and um, long story, my husband was diagnosed with leukemia. And mm. that was quite life changing for me because I realized that I needed to have more flexibility. I was very busy um, whenever I wasn't at school training teachers began to be involved with school accreditation for CIS and for the IB. And I made a decision to take two years. I was very fortunate. My, my school head gave me a two-year leave of absence in 2018, which enabled me to focus um, more on um, the training of teachers and accreditation and also have more flexibility for my family, which ironically during this time of mm -hmm. the pandemic has been very useful. So that's how I became involved um, with educational consultancy. I, I still work a lot for the IB, um, training teachers, doing the workshops across um, the continuum as well, continuum. IB workshops, MYP and diploma workshops, but also school accreditation. And since the pandemic, we went virtual. And so we're training teachers globally across three regions, which is very exciting. Mm, 
Yeah, it's, I think it must it must be lovely to have, uh, as you were saying, just before we started recording, that you got people from like Brazil and, and Costa Rica and um, China in one room. Um, if if you do, if teachers move abroad from the UK, they go to a school in Hong Kong or or the UAE or wherever. Sometimes the schools have IB DP and they don't have MYP. I've just personally moved to a school that has the MYP curriculum. For anyone who is making the switch to a school that has the MYP and doesn't have experience of MYP, how is it a different opportunity for those who are more used to a British curriculum? Well, the 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 organisation is different. We um, are committed to the IB philosophy and um, we train teachers to teach language and literature. And as as I said before, we began to record, um, we are focusing on visual and written literacy. So we're developing these skills in students and very firmly in the diploma, language A and language B programs, visual and written literacy um, analysis is, is quite central. Um, we organize um, our IB curriculum um, conceptually. So I often, when I'm training, um, particularly um, language A teachers, um, refer them to the themes um, that we pull out of texts, identity and culture and communication and connections. And, and these themes are actually um, concepts. And so we organize our curriculum um, by key and related concepts. The related concepts are um, actually embedded within our curriculum area and the key concepts of which in the MYP there are 16 are transferable across the subject areas. So we are actually looking not just to focus on themes in individual texts um, in the teaching and learning in our classrooms, but concepts that will transfer between different subject areas. And it's very exciting, the opportunity for interdisciplinary connections mm. and um, interdisciplinary um, teaching and learning opportunities. So that is really one key um, difference, but also we set teaching and learning within global contexts. So we're not just um, considering our UK um, context, we're, we're actually considering the whole world um, in the teaching and learning in our classrooms. Now, I, I do think for um, us language and literature teachers, if we think about the texts we teach, um, they've always had um, a global context, particularly if we're teaching English, we'll have taken texts from the US or Africa or um, Australia, New Zealand, Asia, um, and we'll have taught those texts in our classrooms. But perhaps we haven't focused so closely on the global issues within those texts. And um, I'll talk a little bit later on about organizing our units, but we do, um, as well as choosing concepts, key and related concepts, we do choose for every unit a global context exploration. Mm. And we do organize the teaching and learning um, through these particular lenses. So I think that's really the major difference. Um, also, there is a, a difference in assessment, and I know you're going to ask me that question a little bit later, so I'll, I'll wait for that one. 
Okay. Um, where does where does the NYP fit into um, the recent discussions around uh, like a knowledge rich curriculum? Um, you just mentioned there that obviously um, the curriculum is arranged around the concept. So um, you know, perspective, communication, creativity. Um, are the two things compatible in your opinion or, or not? Yeah, so absolutely compatible. Um, our strategy of inquiry um, for teaching and learning, so this very much is um, placing the student at the centre of the, the process of teaching and learning. Um, actually, within that strategy of inquiry, we as teachers create inquiry questions and we encourage our students as well to ask as many questions as they have and um, we support them, we facilitate them to answer those questions. There are three types of inquiry question and the first type is the factual inquiry question and that is the knowledge um, part. Now in our subject area, um, if we think about the factual questions we might ask students um, within a unit, um, give an example, perhaps a poetry unit where we want um, to develop in our students um, their, their knowledge about poetic devices, we mm. then would ask um, one to two big inquiry questions about um, um, poetic devices. You know, what are some poetic devices that poets use in their po poetry about identity? And there we have firmly the knowledge we want our students um, to develop and to learn and then to use. So to know to understand and then to perform um, when um, we assess our students. So knowledge is very important. It's not um, being removed um, mm. in our concept-based concept um, curriculum. It's still present. Um, it's just that we as teachers are not going to be standing at the front of the class um, telling our students all the knowledge we want them to know, we're going to encourage our students um, and facilitate um, their finding out of that knowledge for themselves. Mm, that kind of leads me on to the, the next question, actually, in terms of you have these statements of inquiry that anchor each and every unit that you've got um, in, in MYP. An approach to inquiry in general is, is a cornerstone of the IB approach. Um, in your opinion, Kate, like what are some effective strategies to implement inquiry in the English classroom? Yeah. I think most of us, um, language, literature, English teachers, are inquiry teachers, um, even though we might not call ourselves inquiry teachers. Whenever we have asked our students to explore the texts we share with them, our students um, have been engaging in inquiry. So um, I believe that I always was an inquiry teacher. And I believe that 
the majority of my English teacher colleagues have always been inquiry teachers. It's just that, um, and this happens quite a lot for teachers who come to the IB, I would say, is that they haven't been using the IB terminology um, Mm. to describe what happens in their classroom. Now, the IEB um, is a bit like a magpie. It takes educational ideas from a lot of different places. And um, sometimes it creates its own interpretation of those ideas. For example, the statement of inquiry having one large central statement of inquiry for each unit has been created by the IB. In concept-based curriculum, there would be many of these statements Mm. called generalizations that students would come to through a process of inductive inquiry um, as they... um, as they travel or journey through um, the individual unit. So having um, an understanding of what inquiry is and will be very helpful um, to English teachers coming to the NYP programme. And I would direct um, teachers to the work of first Kath Murdoch, um, an Australian Melbourne-based educational researcher, ex-teacher, Um, She has some short videos that are available on YouTube, um, and she really describes very clearly what inquiry classrooms look like, Um, the process, the student-centred environment of inquiry um, classrooms, the role of the teacher in facilitating um, this process of inductive inquiry. And secondly, um, I think for English teachers, Trevor McKenzie, um, a Canadian um, high school um, English teacher, he's written now three books. He has a website, you can sign up. Um, look, at, look at what he has to say about different levels of inquiry. So I think understanding that inquiry is not having chaos in your classroom. It's not kids asking whatever they want, teachers sort of hiding in the middle under the table, kids climbing up the um, walls. Inquiry can be very structured. The teacher, um, as in the case of our MYP units, the teacher poses these big inquiry questions. The students develop their smaller individual questions, perhaps in the wall, on the wall of the classroom, there's an inquiry wall there or virtually where the students can um, be supported by the teacher. Sometimes the teacher might um, create the procedures um, through which the students will inquire. Other times the students might be able to do that for themselves. So looking at levels of inquiry is, is quite important for teachers. And also thinking about the classroom environment, you know, where are you in that classroom as the teacher? Many years ago, I moved my desk to the back of the classroom. That actually was a beautiful view out of the window there, but I didn't tell my students that. And I put the focus in the classroom pre-pandemic on the students. I grouped them together. Um, They weren't always looking at me. 
Um, I wasn't talking all the time. I encouraged them to take more agency, have more choice, um, have more control in their learning. And these are all strategies we can use in our classrooms to um, engage our students individually in the process of learning for themselves, I would say, um, with our guidance. You know, not always will we be at the center. Sometimes we'll be with individual students, small groups of students. Um, when I'm teaching students to write an essay, they're all facing me and I'm standing at the board. There are times when I want them all to listen to me, but there's a lot of time in the classroom where they're engaging with each other. Um, and I'm able, you know, this idea of inquiry being a natural differentiator, I'm actually, um, it enables me to um, support those students who need more support um, as well, because um, it's not me against them in that situation. The Trevor McKenzie uh, suggestion is is a really good one. Actually, he's got some fantastic infographics I've seen in um in terms of the, yeah, the, like, like you say, the four levels of inquiry. I'll also, I'll make sure to link to everything we've talked about yeah. um, in, in the podcast notes. I haven't heard of the Kath Murdoch stuff, so I'll, I'll be sure to have a look at yeah. that too. Um, I'll, I'll another... send you the resource um, oh, thank for you. all of that. Okay. Um, another kind of, um, uh, perhaps this is another magpie-based thing of the IBs um, but another element of kind of unit planning is the grasps like G-R-A-S-P-S aspect of the summative assessment which aims to put the students work in a more real world context. Um, how do coordinators or teachers accommodate the need to teach something a bit more niche or a little bit more kind of um, insular to the subject like literary analysis how does that work within that grasps um, framework so if we start with the purpose of assessment in the myp curriculum and that is to perform the student's understanding of the statement of inquiry or part of the statement of inquiry so when i'm looking at unit plans the first place i go is the summative assessment i read it and then I look back at the statement of inquiry and I do expect to see it is a performance of um, some aspect of the statement of inquiry. Mm. GRASPS is not an, an MYP requirement. Um, we In the workshops, we introduce it as one way of oh. organising um, um, summative assessments. Um, I do believe looking at the diploma program and the different components of the diploma language A program, it is very important that we teach students to write um, um, literary and non-literary responses, um, comparative essays, and um, to analyze orally using a global issue. Um, I'm, I'm a big um, supporter of preparing students through the MYP program um, so that when they enter the diploma program, they have a backpack there of mm. skills that they can use. Um, so the GRASPS assessment um, is one way of organizing the summative assessment 
to ensure there is a real world connection. Um, we hear a lot of talk about authentic summative assessment. And, and basically what this means is that we're not just testing what students have, have been able to put in here and then write like this here or type, that we want them to use their understandings and show their understandings in different ways. So your question about literary analysis or non-literary analysis or visual analysis, mm -hmm. um, I mean, this really is at the core of teaching and learning. If you look at the aims of the MYP program, we're, we're going to teach our students to analyze a wide range of different texts across the five years of the program. Um, it is possible to create a grasps um, assessment um, where students are, maybe they are a, um, I'm just trying to think, maybe they are some type of researcher or mm. analyst or, I mean, you can create that role and you can fit in an analysis of um, different types of text in there. Um, I mean, there are different ways ways of doing it. Maybe they're going to write a review of yeah. um, some poems, and and so I mean, you can fit it in there. But it's it's important not just to get hung up on um, grasps as being the only way to assess students. Um, I think that we're, it is really very, very important that we don't neglect those other um, skills that the students are going to need later on. Mm, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's a really interesting answer, Kate. Thank you. Um, th this is particularly kind of relevant in my um, situation at the moment. The the ATLs. Uh, are another thing which are kind of intrinsically linked to NYP. So the ATLs are approaches to learning. There are, I suppose, I, once again, this is something which isn't English specific. It obviously applies to the whole of the NYP curriculum. Um, and they're promoted as being like the backbone of units across the curriculum, um, guiding students on like how they learn and reflecting on how they learn and what they're the processes are. What, what would be your advice on how to build those into the planning of a unit or making them more meaningful to students? Yeah. First thing I would say is to take a look at that big long list of over 140 ATL skills and reflect that, um, yes, there were some new skills there that I didn't teach before. When, when I first saw that list and I saw that some of those effective skills, building resilience, mind, managing mindset, that was new mm. um, to IB programs um, at that point. But the majority of those skills and certainly the whole of the communication category are embedded in teaching and learning in our um, yeah. language and literature subject area. So they're not new, we've always taught them. And it can be helpful to reflect on the ways we teach students um, individual skills. I mean, often the English classroom has been the place where research skills were taught, for example. Um, I think the thinking skill um, category is fascinating and yeah. very, very important. And I would mention the, the Harvard Visible Thinking Toolbox there can be very useful to teachers, now available in Spanish as well as English. 
But um, actually Im embedding within our units ATL skills. So the um, MYP require that we choose a small number of ATL skills for the purpose of the unit planner um, that will be explicitly taught um, during the unit to support and enable students to be successful in um, the summative assessment. And we're actually asked to link those that small number of ATL skills to one or more strands of the assessment criteria. It's quite straightforward to do. And then we're asked for the purpose of the unit planner in the learning experience box to actually detail some of the learning experiences. Now, I do encourage teachers because the communication category is embedded in everything we do um, to actually think a bit out of the box here and to think about um, ATL skills that it might be useful to teach to students that um, are not embedded there yeah. um, in our teaching and learning. And for example, thinking skills and possibly research skills um, often come up as being very useful um, to explicitly teach to students. And um, they can really support students when they're completing the summative assessment um, in being successful. I think there is a difference between our unit planners and the written curriculum and what goes on in our classroom. I wouldn't like to think that as teachers, we're only choosing a maximum of three um, ATL skills per unit, and they're the only ones we're teaching, because I, I do believe that we are teaching students ATL skills um, through the process of teaching and learning all the time in our classes. We just maybe are not um, reflecting and articulating them. And very importantly, and I know some schools now are expecting teachers to assess students' ATL skill development, but the IB intended um, that students would self-assess, they would mm -hmm. reflect on their ATL skill development themselves. And that process um, during the teaching and learning of a unit is really important to me. So we ask students at the beginning of the unit, well, where do you feel you are with this particular skill? And then we ask them to reflect in an ongoing way. So they're really aware of their individual skill development. And even more importantly, they can transfer their understanding um, across um, the different subject areas. Mm. And when you put the units together, Kate, would you recommend, I've seen it done where it's, let's say a unit has the the um, specific ATLs kind of connected to it within the document. Sometimes I've seen it where it's just, it just states communication and, and there'll be a few that fall under communication included in that. Is that the right way to do it? Or can you take you know, a few from self-management, a few from communication, a few from like different areas of the, 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 the groups, what would you advise? Yeah. Interesting. Because at the beginning, what 
certainly those schools that have managed back, we were t- we were ticking over 20 ATL skills mm-hmm. per unit because, of course, we were teaching many, many ATL skills. So I'd refer um, teachers to the evaluating unit planners document. And the expectation is for the purpose of the unit planner to choose um, a small number per um, summative assessment. Now, I would suggest somewhere between one and three um, and actually document how they will be explicitly taught. So I believe that what that means is not choosing, you know, the communication skills that we're, we're just teaching in the teaching and learning, actually mm. pulling out specific skills that will be focused on within that unit. Um, Sometimes we have more than one summative assessment. Maybe if we had a couple of summative assessments, you'd have even more. But really, you know, when we look at the self-management category and we look at some of those effective skills, and then we think about the texts we engage our students with, there are some interesting connections possible there. Um, And then, of course, we've got research skills. So those units, going back to the factual inquiry questions, maybe particularly if we're developing research skills in the early years of the MYP program, maybe we're going to focus there on different research skills and actually across our scope and sequence, develop these research skills across time Mm. specifically and document that um, development in our unit planners and in our scope and sequence documentation of ATL skills and also within the subject. Mm. Okay, thank you. Um, The last question I wanted to ask today was, um, do you have any examples off the top of your head or, or like particular favorites that either you know you've taught or you've seen on a school visit in terms of units that encapsulate the mission of IB and support English learning in equal measure? Yeah that was one of your questions about um, you know the teaching of English. Um, mm-hmm. I th- we incorporate that that teaching of English that if we go back to British teachers again um, you know, for example, if we're teaching students, perhaps in the early years of the MYP program, um, aspects of language or grammar, um, vocabulary, even it depends on the students we've got. Perhaps mm-hmm. we've got students who've come through from language acquisition and so on within every unit. Um, naturally we incorporate these different elements in there so we're not going to take a unit and just teach grammar or vocabulary we Mm. incorporate the the different aspects of teaching the language within our um, language and literature um, units so that's always there and we need to keep a bit of flexibility depending on who our students are of course. And um, whilst we collaboratively create our units with our colleagues, we may have different needs within our classrooms. So, um, I mean, thinking about these units that we teach, one of the wonderful, wonderful, and I was too, a national curriculum teacher, Mm. um, 
One of the wonderful aspects of being an IB MYP teacher is we can create our curriculum. So we shouldn't be complaining about what we've created because we should be teaching um, units that we are invested in. I don't recommend um, that you change your units every year because it's a big job to do, to write the written curriculum, but we build on our units over time. And um, therefore, um, we've got free choice as to what we teach. And there are the IB, um, if we think about the IB mission and we think about the commitment to a better world, um, we often see, particularly in examples that we're given, um, units focusing on climate change, um, fairness and development, globalization. Um, that book I'm reading, the novel, A Children's Bible, um, perhaps that might be a future text there. Um, climate poetry, um, mm. even Greta's speeches. I know that some teachers have decided well, they're teaching speeches, they're teaching Greta, um, connecting with what's going on globally. Um, that's that's very common. We see units that look like that. I also, I think, would, um, given that many students will move to the diploma program, consider the global issues that we're provided with in the, the diploma program, thinking about um, how people live in different places um, globally, um, children, children's situations, children's rights, um, minorities, and so on. We see lots of um, units relating um, in that way to um, different texts. So not just novels, but um, non-literary, visual written texts. So that type of unit as well. Um, and then we've got the wonderful possibility that we, we don't just choose, um, as I was doing before we moved to e-assessment, we were still doing GCSE, and many of the texts there were British texts. So we can choose texts from anywhere. And that's um, an amazing opportunity because we can create units um, that are regional. So looking at African literature, magical realism, um, maybe South America there. Um, we used to have a unit, I remember, based around um, rabbit-proof fence. So looking at the um, situation for Aborigine people in Australia and so on. So lots and lots of um, units that are um, inspired by um, literature that comes from different parts of the world. So really very, very open. Final thing, you asked me about my favourite units. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, we used to have, I used to have um, a wonderful unit based around, um, we called it then um, African-American um, literature. I think that that label now would be changed um, somewhat. Um, I, I loved that unit because we could actually bring in different types of text there, poetry, um, the narratives, um, um, the slave narratives in there. Um, yeah, moving up to the present day and the texts that are included are there. Um, also, you know, I spent a lot of my career in Germany and some of those Holocaust focused mm. units 
that I have taught. I'm updating them to create gen genocide themed um, units that don't just focus um, on one moment in time and one genocide, but really looking at genocide over time and considering the present day as well. Mm. So just a few ideas there. Final thing I would say, I absolutely adore teaching poetry. Um, I, I think I would teach poetry all the time if I if I could, but trying to, to create units that include world literature, but a range of different types of text, not just going for, you know, we're going to teach this one novel, the To Kill yeah. a Mockingbird unit is the classic one, but really thinking about those concepts and global contexts and creating units with different types of text in them um, from a range of different sources. Mm, it definitely it's always exciting to hear about like yes. myp possibilities so yeah thank you very much for that i mean all that remains for me to say then kate is thank you very much for giving up your time today to chat about so so like i said before so much of this is really relevant to me right now as like a, an myp lead in my school so i'm hoping that um uh, a lot more people as well as me can can benefit from these fantastic ideas thank you super thanks